here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Best host, Rob McCarran. Best voice, Jeff Hawkins. Podcast of the year. Shake them ropes. Oh, don't make me blush. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shake Them Ropes, episode 174. Rob McCarran here. This episode coming after the WWE Cruiserweight Classic, which was last night, this being recorded on uh, Thursday. Last night after the show, Rich Kreich of Voices of Wrestling joined our very own Jeff Hawkins for a special post-show live on the YouTube channel. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash YouTube. Jeff and Rich talked all things Cruiserweight Classic, where they go from here with the Cruiserweight division, and much more. That will be the primary part of this episode. We will be giving you Jeff and Rich's review of the Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, I did watch the Cruiserweight Classic as well as the NXT episode. The NXT episode uh, super interesting as well. Uh, we have the continuation of Shinsuke Nakamura and Samoa Joe, as Samoa Joe has put out Shinsuke Nakamura with injury, but even more so... Hideo Itami and Austin Aries continue to uh, get teased uh, for an upcoming battle, but Hideo Itami took on Drew Gulak of the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament, and Hideo Itami was starting to look like the old Hideo Itami, the old Kenta, if you will, uh, getting that cockiness back. He had showed glimpses here in his first run with NXT, but now he's back from injury after a year, and we're hoping that momentum doesn't uh, doesn't stop as we go forward. Austin Aries and Hideo Itami, really a, a, a cool, interesting match. As much as I've said on this very podcast that I'm not the biggest fan of Austin Aries, I think Aries and Hideo Itami, especially if Hideo Itami does this cocky character, much like Austin Aries does, uh, but in a different way, the crowd's going to go apeshit for this Hideo Itami guy, who we all love, who's kicking the crap out of Austin Aries, while at the same time not caring and not uh, not trying to seek our approval, just a cocky guy who thinks he's better than everyone. Uh, I approve this version of Hideo Itami, and I'm looking forward to Hideo Itami versus versus Austin Aries whenever it happens, uh, because I don't I don't know if it's going to happen all the way in in not even October, November. The next NXT Takeover is in November, before the Survivor Series, so we have a long way to go. Until the next NXT TakeOver, I don't know if they're going to wait that long to do Austin Aries and Hideo Itami. I would think that they would do it beforehand, maybe on an NXT TV, uh, maybe a special event here at the beginning of October. Maybe they build up to a super great NXT at the beginning of October or in the middle of October uh, that's treated kind of like the old Clash of the Champions where 
were treated. A TV show, some big matches, but not the pay-per-view uh, level matches. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but maybe we wait till October uh, or November rather. God, I can't even believe it. November for the, for the next takeover. I know the last one was only a month ago, but it seems like waiting till November is way too long, but we'll get Rich and Jeff, uh, their cruiserweight classic review coming up. This episode of the show is sponsored by Lyft. Go to lyft.com slash bonus and you can get a $500 bonus just for driving with Lyft. It's my favorite way to get around town when I don't have my car. It truly is. I've been to Indianapolis and Chicago, both three hours away from my house. Uh, when I was in town, Driving around, whether it was going to dinner or meeting up with people, I, I didn't want to drive my own car and have to park way away from the venue or I didn't want to have to uh, pay for parking. I took Lyft. Lyft is the platform that the smart drivers use. Earn up to $35 per hour. And right now, just for listening to our show, by going to lyft.com slash bonus and selecting Shake Them Ropes, you can get a $500 driving bonus. That's right. $500 just for signing up. Through the Shake Them Ropes podcast, go to lift.com slash bonus and select Shake Them Ropes. Flexible way to earn extra money. You can earn it on your schedule. Earn, you know, go, go drive for two days a week. Go drive for one hour a week. Go drive every day if you want to. It really is an easy way to earn some extra money, and it's not exactly the hardest way to earn extra money either. You just have to drive around your own town. If it seems too easy, try it out. You'll see that it is easy. Go to lift.com slash bonus and select Shake Them Ropes. Get your $500 bonus. Get up to $35 per hour. Do it. The drivers that I talk to love using Lyft much better than the competition. Go to lift.com slash bonus. Select Shake Them Ropes for your $500 bonus right now. Rich and Jeff are coming up for the rest of Shake Them Ropes to talk Cruiserweight Classic. Jeff and I will be back next week talking all things Raw Smackdown, getting back into our top 100. So please join us next week. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, go to bit.ly slash iTunes to subscribe on iTunes. We're also available on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, and many more platforms. Just go to whatever podcasting platform you're using, search for Shake Them Ropes, and you will be able to find the show I want to thank everyone for listening to our podcast. Hope you enjoy Rich and Jeff talking Cruiserweight Classic coming up next. All right. We are on the air. And in case you're wondering, this is not Rob McCarron. This is indeed Rich Courage. But this, the other side of the VOW Live is still, he, he, he showed up. He showed up as Mr. Well, Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, how I, are you? I'm not Joe Lanza, so that's okay. <laughs> how are you, Jeff? I'm doing great. Had a great night of wrestling, so and I'm excited to talk about which, yeah, which so, is a change from Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, I feel terrible for you guys. Like just just <laughs> having to watch that. I mean, I I do watch it, but like not like we'll on the Voice of Wrestling flagship. Like we'll cover Raw a little bit if yeah. something big happens, or we'll cover. But like to have to sit and like actually think about what you're watching, like that has just become such a grind. And we're like a month into the the the, the brand split, and it's already I- that like. I'll admit SmackDown is easy to watch. And as is Smack, great, yeah. Raw, Raw drags for me, especially when you get into that third hour and you're just like, oh, come yeah. on. Yeah, and, and now that there's so many other options, like I'm not a football fan, but I get that from anybody who's like, oh, geez. Like anytime there's a segment that's just not great, like why how, why, how would you not flip to Monday Night Football? You know what I mean? Like if you're a sports fan, and especially an NFL fan, like you're, yeah. you're moving there in 20 seconds, I'm sure. But of course, that's not what we're talking about today. That's not what you called. We are talking about the WWE Cruiserweight Classic and the finale that happened today. This uh, uh, just wrapped up about 20 minutes ago or so, um, a little bit early. But uh, let's we're going to break down the entire card here and, and talk about our thoughts and give all that good stuff. First, before we go down match by match, 
what was your favorite match of this entire show and what did you think of this show uh this show was fantastic i thought i mean just top to bottom uh much like the nxt takeovers um as as the cwc found its groove the shows kept on getting better and better and always seeming to top itself um i think as an overall show since it was two hours and of course the finals and everything like this this is probably the best show beginning to end um, of course, I I loved the Abushi TJ Perkins match. Yeah, oh god, I, I just How absolutely loved it. It it it's gonna probably be in my top five matches of the year, probably at the end of the year. I'm I'm getting that feeling. Uh, I really did like it that much. Those two gelled so well together, um, and it was always hard hitting from the get go. You know, not that not that the other uh, semifinal match was bad. It just didn't click as well as this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, I think, my biggest takeaway of this entire night is just how good a few of these guys were, in particular, TJ Perkins. I mean, how do you not just be, like, just complete? I mean, this is a guy who, who, and and I mentioned it in my review that we just posted up on voicewrestling.com. I mean, this is a guy who's been around for almost 20 years now. I mean, it's it's, it's Mm -hmm. unbelievable. We always call him, you know, the youngest veteran in wrestling because he's been around for that long. He's just done things for that long. But one of the things that's just incredible is that nobody – until like this year, you know what I mean? Like it took WWE of all companies to go, you know what? This guy's got a lot of talent. Let's do some stuff with him. Like, well, you can go even evolve. You can even say evolve. Yeah. To, yeah. Okay, when he yeah. came back. Right. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Yeah. But you know, you know, TNA had him and then like, this is the guy who, who toiled around him. He trained in the new Japan dojo and just kind of hung around for years and years and years and just never really seemed to make that next step or make that leap. And in 2016, we see him just make that gigantic leap here. So it's just incredible to see that. Um, so he was really, to me, the star of this entire show, but I yes. think w- when I went away from the show, it, un- unfortunately the final maybe, and we'll, and we'll break it down when we go match by match. I think it maybe disappointed me a little bit and it's not that the match wasn't very good because I thought it was very good. I thought the problem though, was just that the standards that it set were just like, how do you match those standards? You, you know what I mean? Like, how yeah. do you even like the, the, the tournament just had incredible standards throughout, like th- there was no way they were going to follow it up. And it, if they did follow up, it would have been like a best of all time, you know? Yeah, it's like one of those like like an NCAA tournament where like that 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 game to get into the finals is so much better than the final game ends up being or like any kind of playoff system. But going back to your point about TJ Perkins, uh, it, it's so odd that the WWE did everything right with TJ Perkins from the get go, from everything from the Cruiserweight Classic pre-show where they're doing all these videos to introduce him, where they give him this little bit of a swagger there where you don't know if he's going to be the jerk TJ Perkins or not, but they kind of give him a mini redemption story, so to speak, as he gets more humble and they just, they, they, all they did was they stuck close to his life story as opposed to putting him in masks and costumes and, <laughs> right. and playing up the flippy do aspects of, of him. What a novel and, idea. And, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's so weird, especially on a on something that that relies on flash and more and is seen as more sizzle than steak. That here for the CWC, they did almost all steak with TJ Perkins, and it's created a star, especially in this finals in one night. Especially, and it got over his finishing move. Great, that that knee bar is going to be oh, people are yeah. going to pop how, how over now. was that after today i mean that that thing was just that in one night they got that move like <laughs> next yeah. level over it's crazy and and not only that i mean tj perkins is an la kid and so he was i mean he's always the guy second or third match on any indie here in los angeles you know that's seen as a high flyer and kind of you know he's he's there he's athletic he's talented but you just he's just kind of there and here 
you know, he has a personality, he has a character, he has some depth to him, which is, again, amazing, given that this is the WWE giving guys depth. Now, whether or not this carries over to the main roster when he goes up there and how much they take care and concern about it, that's another thing. But for right now, I'm just going to kind of enjoy this here. And, and it's, you know, it's great for him because he's been around for so long. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's go match by match here a little bit. Okay. Um, uh, to try to get an idea, you know, just sort of what's uh, what's going on here, and 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 if anybody's watching as well, let us know uh, how everything's looking. I'm kind of a noob at this Google Hangouts <laughs> thing, so if there's something that's weird or something that's not working, just let us know, and I'll try to figure it well, out. Before you go into the match, match, let me let me ask one question going yeah. into this night: Is was to you T.J. Perkins the right call out of these four? Was that going to be your kind of choice to headline a division once it goes up to Raw? We talked about this a little bit on the flagship. Um, yeah. Is is there there's an there's a question there of like what is the goal of this thing what do you want out of this tournament what do you want out of you, you know what what is the main goal of this and and then we quickly found out or at least we knew you know pretty quickly that this was to build this division to build the cruiserweight division on raw so build that you know do that it, like they didn't want just this to be a showcase it it worked as that way too it worked as like a global showcase it worked as a way for you know millions of people to see you know these different guys from across the world see new guys they might not have heard of but more mm-hmm. than anything was to build that division i mean that is the end goal here so when you look at it and you look at the guys that were here at least in this final four you look at you know two of the guys said yeah i'll sign i'll go on raw <laughs> they both won <laughs> Then there was two guys that said, eh, you know, I, I'm not sure about signing, and they lost. So it was like, from that standpoint, I get it. Like, it, it absolutely made sense that either Perkins or Metallic w- would be the ones to move on and be the ones to win it. I picked Metallic on, on the flagship because I thought he's so dynamic and, and and so, like, that's a guy that, like, you really just can show, and he just looks and feels different than anything else on that product right now. Even 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 more different than Kalisto and those sort of guys, but especially, like, on Raw with that division, him as kind of the, the, the figurehead of that, I thought would be great because he's got dynamic high-flying, he's got the, you know, the cool mask, the cool look, all that other stuff. But then, you know, the more I thought about it, I said – they're going to want a guy that cuts promo. You know what I mean? Like they want that promo of they like, need a like, guy with personality. You can speak right. English and, and, you know, and for as great as Zach Saber jr. Is to a lot of people, that charisma that he shows on the indies didn't really come out here it all that did. much. No, it never really did on this show. So to me, out of the four guys, it seemed kind of obvious to me that Perkins should be the choice to at least start this to give, I mean, he has a bit of swagger to him. He can speak English. He can cut promos. He can be a face or a heel. And he's not going to just be like, say, Neville when he gets up there, just doing, you know, great moves that eventually people will go, okay, what else is there here? And, of course, Vince likes personality, and he cares about that a bit more, I think, than actual wrestling talent. Yeah, and, and another aspect, too, uh, of Perkins, and it's been, it was a point we had all night uh, we were talking about, and people on Twitter were, were jumping on with that, too, is that that's a guy that you can put in the ring against anybody to work any style anywhere, and mm-hmm. it's almost like you you know what you're going to get out of him. Like, you're never going to get, like, oh, geez, Perkins just absolutely, you know, laid a neck here. You, you know what I mean? Like, in that match alone, I think the Ibushi match was, was a perfect example of that is at one point he's doing, you know, the high-flying stuff when Ibushi's high-flying. He goes, okay, yeah, I can fly. Then Ibushi starts getting into the strikes, and Perkins says, okay, well, I can do the strikes. And then at the end, then he does the submissions, and that's how he wins. And that's the awesome part about Perkins, and that's why I love him. It's just that he he's so he can do all those different things. So I get that. As a part of this division that you're trying to get going, this is a guy who, while people are trying to kind of find their footing or whatever, 
if he's your figurehead of that division, like everything becomes a little bit easier. You know what I mean? Like, cause you have that guy that, you know, yeah. if he's against Cedric, if he's against, you know, whoever, it doesn't matter who he's Gallagher, against. Gallagher, you know, yeah, all yeah. those guys. And there's I mean, not like, not everybody's like going to be these like awesome veterans off the bat. I mean, we're talking about Perkins who's wrestled for 20 years, you know, nearly 20 years, you know, Cedric who's awesome or whatever, but yeah, you're going to have guys like Gallagher who are, you know, still a little rough around the edges, but you can put them in the ring with Perkins and know for a fact that they're going to give you something reliable. Whereas Metallic, and we saw that a little bit with the Zack Sabre match, and I don't know if you caught this. We'll talk about it when we kind of talk about this match, which I guess if you want, we can just go into that match because I guess it's part of something that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, uh, was the opening round, uh, was Metallic and Zack Sabre Jr., of course, Metallic uh, winning and moving on. Well, I like the match. There seemed to be throughout, and I don't know if you noticed this, so I'll ask you, like an awkwardness where those two just seemed like they had no communication between one another. Like Saber didn't know what Metallic was going to do. Metallic didn't know what he was supposed to do. And it wasn't like, you know, Metallic was fighting through these submissions. It was more like Metallic had no idea what Saber wanted to do. And Saber wasn't quite sure what Metallic was going to do. So I don't know if you noticed that either, but I, I noticed it a lot. Oh no, I noticed it quite a bit. And I, I, I was starting to think it might be a language barrier. So, mm. <laughs> and so it made me think, well, thank God we didn't get Metallic and Abushi in the finals there because neither would understand the other and it might just be a disaster. <laughs> um, the one takeaway I took from this match that really stood out for me and I tweeted at the voices account about this was that they didn't really give Zack Sabre Jr. an extended offense spot in this match to have him do like his small joint manipulation that he likes to do. You know, the, the, you know, in the early matches like against Gulak and um, I forget his first round opponent, but, you know, he had those extended sequences where he'd go, you know, from body part to body part, you know, doing arm bars and twisting fingers and other things like that, kind of to show off the little, you know, as I like to call his Bugs Bunny offense, where he's kind of just show, <laughs> where he's kind of just showing off for people. He didn't get any of that today. And, and, and it's interesting to me that part, I guess they just didn't see a point in it in that he's not staying but it also played into the story they told in that, you know, I love that opening sequence where Metallic just went at it after Zack Sabre Jr. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like Zack could never get his bearings in the match, which was the story they were telling. Yeah, and I do wonder, like, do, do you think, is there anything to the theory that maybe that Sabre was trying to get those things going and Metallic was just not, not quite getting it and they had to work on the fly a little bit? Because I saw people mentioning that, that that Sabre seemed like he was trying to do, you know, whatever, and Metallic wasn't really working, so they had to go and to so something they, else. And they gave up on it. Yeah, no, but, I, right, I, like, I would I not be surprised about that. And, yeah, yeah I, like, I have no, you know, real insight onto that or whatever, but, like, I, I could believe that because, like you're saying, Sabre was so, there was kind of a, a, a rhythm to most of his matches in this tournament, and this just felt, way different than all of those and it was still good i still enjoyed this match i don't know what, what you thought but there seemed to be just something off about it I, I wasn't quite sure oh no i i overall enjoyed it it just seemed like it wasn't uh i mean it was <laughs> oddly enough it came off as as you liked as i don't know if you said this once or i know i've said it a couple times i like having things that feel like a fight be a little rough around the edges <clears throat> it felt a little bit like that in the transitions like they were actually trying to battle and one-up each other so it wasn't yeah, the yeah, smooth yeah. choreography that you might expect of the usual zach saber jr match which is fine by me i don't i don't always need that um 
Yeah, but I mean, you got a lot grappling of... that sometimes people. Yeah, and, and I, I see. I used to have that a lot with Saber. I've I've really turned a corner on him in this year, uh, two thousand sixteen. I thought he's had a really good year, but I did have that a lot with early Saber matches. It was just kind of like it felt like just competitive grappling. You know what I mean? Like yeah. where the other guy is is, and and that was and that's some part that people when I mentioned on Twitter, I said, hey, does it look like these guys are having communication issues or whatever? And someone said to me, I like that because it looks like Metallic's trying to kind of work through it. I was kind of on the fence, like I kind of felt like more he, he there was like a communication issue, but. If you took it out, or if that's how you perceived it, was more, oh, I think that these guys were just battling for, you know, <laughs> leverage or whatever, then that's cool. Then you might even like this match more than I did. Yeah, I I, I, I doubt that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do too. Yeah. But, 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 I mean, Sabre Jr. was kind of relegated doing a lot of European uppercuts to kind of make up for it. So, I mean, it, it kind of gave a nice fighting feel to him as opposed to kind of a showing off, you know, escape mm-hmm. or whatever the hell he called it uh, in his pre tournament video what, speaking of those tournament videos were you a little upset that we didn't get any like updated ones or more though i mean we got a little bit of those on the show but i was kind of i thought with that two-hour window and you know knowing that we only knew a couple uh, you know a couple of the matches that we were going to sit down we we're going to get these like extensive because they've done such a great job of those videos throughout this entire thing and they didn't do them as much here but i could see the 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 argument that no, I don't, I don't come here to watch a bunch of promos. I want to see matches, but I really love those. So I kind of wanted some more of those. I don't know what, what your thoughts were. They were, they were one of the best things about this whole production. Mm-hmm. And since they were pushing this so heavily on the two shows this week, both raw and SmackDown, I would think that they, you know, and since they're going to be introducing this division up to raw on Monday, that they'd want that carryover effect. And yeah, in case you haven't been watching this at all, here's these guys' stories and here's how they got here. I, I, it, it seems like a lapse in judgment or just, we don't have the time to do this. And, and you know what? They could have, I would have been happy. I liked the match, but they could have cut the tag team match if they wanted to and just shown promos if they wanted to. Yeah, exactly. And then you had that, that weird period kind of in between uh the, the the tag match and the final which i'm sure was to get tj perkins like five minutes so we could actually like yeah. drink some water maybe get a towel or something like that before he had to go and wrestle you know another long match but then it was just kind of like hey here's Corey graves hey Corey graves he's like hi hey. like all right see you Corey graves here's william regal hey william regal and he's like hey how's it going like oh, okay, you, you like, just see some production assistant going stretch, stretch. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 10 more like and regal's like yeah and then canyon semen and then uh it's just like name more people like keep naming people that came onto these recruiting trips or whatever like that's a period where i really really would have loved showing those videos again because and that's to say like i'm you know you're hardcore you watched them all i'm hardcore I, we watched all the shows but i do wonder how many people just kind of jumped in on these shows and don't know that those promo videos existed and those promo videos were incredible like they had it at the opening and they kind of touched on a little bit of their guys stories and and moro did a fantastic job you know giving the stories throughout the matches as well but those videos were, like you said, for me, like somebody who's into like video production and into that sort of storytelling and wrestling too, of those like real life characters rooted in, you know, their actual lives and rooted in reality. Like that was my favorite part. Like that Kendrick video, like I was tearing up at that thing. I'm like, I don't, I like Brian Kendrick. I don't know the guy. Like, I don't really care all that much. But then like when it was over with that, I was like, I want this. He's going to, he better win the whole tournament or else I'm going to cry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I did, I was like, when he lost, it was like the, the most emotional moment and all that was built off that video. So yeah, I would have liked yeah, to see a no, little it, more No, it made me care about guys. I didn't care about, to be honest with you. I mean, like Jack I, Gallagher, Jack Gallagher, Jack Gallagher. Yeah, right. I didn't care that much about Cedric Alexander. I mean, I like him as a performer, yeah. but I didn't know anything about his story or anything like that. That made me care more about him than any work I had seen him do on the Indies. 
I knew nothing about the Bollywood boys, but I thought their <laughs> their videos were fantastic. Was, oh, theirs was so great. I forgot about theirs because they were so in and out there real quick. Yeah, theirs was was fantastic. Rich Swan was another one too because if yeah. he just comes out there and he's just kind of like, say you don't watch NXT, you don't know anything about Rich Swan. He just comes out and he dances. You're like, well, this guy's kind yeah, of annoying. He just comes out there a, and dances. Yeah. He was and a then you realize. Star. Yeah, exactly. Videos. You're like, oh, well, that's his story. And he kind of like wrestling is was his his, you know, that's what kept him alive. Like wrestling is is his life. So yeah, it's great that he's having fun and doing this. Whereas, yeah, if you didn't see that video, you would just have said, eh, I don't know. So I do wonder if they maybe missed a little bit there of just not showing those again. Maybe you don't have to update it, but just show something where it gives you a little yeah. bit of background on, on Metallic and on you know uh, TJ Perkins. Because Perkins has a great story as well and 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 mm-hmm. was able to get it across uh, real well. Uh, yeah, he did it in his promos, but it would have I think it would have really endeared at least people at home to the match a lot more if they had yeah. played that story before the match. You know, you can you can put Hunter on before Oh my god. We'll, we'll get, get to, to that. that. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, don't don't worry. That's on I have a little note here and it was like molded oh, and like man. heading like talk about cuz I'm going to forget cuz I want to forget, but I'm not going to forget. We're not going to do that. Right. So anyway, TJ Perkins, Kotobushi, uh, that was the second match here. Can you believe this match only went 14 minutes and 52 seconds? No, I really can't because it felt like it went about 20 to 25. Yeah, and, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way at all because no. I'm like, I was like, I was like sweating when it was over. I was like, oh my God, like I need a shower. Like it was just in it, that, that is like you said, I, you said it might be in your match of the year, at least in the top five or, or near there. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to rank a real case. I have like a rewatch list that I always do at the end of the year. That's it's, it's definitely on going there. on there. It's yeah. absolutely, it's a hundred percent on there. Uh, you know, I've been kind of having a running top five of this tournament so far and it, 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 it's got a case to be up there in my top five and it might be in, you know, even my top three. And again, like I rewatched everything. So it's hard to say like right now, you know, that's my favorite. I think a Bushi said is still my favorite of this entire one, but th- this one, if, if somebody said, Hey, this is the best match or the second best match of this tournament, I would not argue with them at all incredible what you of course you loved it as well right oh god yeah i, I mean I, as i like to say on shake them i was like that hose me because i loved that <laughs> thing I mean, at the 10 minute mark i started buying those as the finishes and they kept topping themselves after that uh the only thing that took me out of like all the matches tonight was there, there was a tap out in in the first two ma- there were two tap outs and a three count yeah, but Tali doesn't quite know bitch. what uh, what he, he he doesn't quite understand that when you tap the <laughs> the mat yeah. while you're in a submission yeah. it doesn't always. But it's and it, Metalli, it yeah, but but thank goodness they weren't calling it as a quote unquote shoot there. <laughs> right, yeah. God help us if that happened, then just everything goes into disarray on the live event. Yeah, and then oh, you had a Bushi I, who uh, who rolled out, and I was like, oh my god, somebody tell him it's a ten count because of course yeah, people that 20, were in the, I'm like, oh oh, because they had to, he he missed that once during he missed during, it during the, the Kendrick, uh, yeah, the Kendrick yeah. match. A lot of people might not know that, but in case you saw that joke and you were wondering what the hell people were talking about, uh, the Kendrick match had to get like a huge edit because Abushi was like on the ground selling, and it was like nine ten, <laughs> like uh, buddy, and he's still you know out on the ring selling, and it's like. Oh, he doesn't know it's a 10 count. Like, all right, well, get back. Like, so I can't imagine, like, you know, that match is like well regarded as like, you know, another one of those top three ones. But it's so funny knowing that the benefit of editing and the benefit of it not being live is that imagine that match then if that's how it ended. Like, Abushi's just rolling and then the whole thing's in disarray. Then, like, <laughs> like in the finals, then you might as well just go with him, right? You might as well just have him win, right? At that oh, point. At, at nine. On this match, I thought he ain't making it back in. Oh, and then he, what no was he way. doing? Like he must have known. That must have been a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to like everybody because he's still on the ground. It's like yeah. nine. I'm like, oh no, what is he doing? Like, oh god, like, like I, I hope somebody. And then he just like pops up and rolls in. I was like, oh thank god, like that got yeah. real, real nervous guys, there for a little bit. 
these guys worked so well together. You'd, you'd have thought that they'd been, they'd had like four or five yeah. matches before. It was so, so good. I, 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 there, I don't know how to properly technically break this down. That, that's, that's how good it is. I just can't explain it. it, it it's, it's something I'm probably going to rewatch right after this show. That's how good it was much like a yeah. uh, tag match on this last takeover. You know, it's like, yeah, absolutely. No, it, it's something that, yeah. And that, that, yeah, again, that's a perfect one an example of a match that was over. I watched it around in NXT and I went, you know what? I'm going to watch that again. Like yeah. I've earned this. <laughs> and like, who does that? Like, especially with us, you know, we do these podcasts, we have to watch it. It's, it's essentially, you know, kind of quote unquote, our job to watch this. You know, I never, I, I like once the show's over, I'm like, I don't want to see this thing ever again. You know what I mean? Like, whereas that, I was like, all right, I'm in for this again. And this yeah, the Bushi, I'm, I'm absolutely going to do that again. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dying to do it when we're done with this. Yeah, there were little things here, like especially in the beginning. I, I liked the move of Coda <laughs> trying to hit those kicks and TJ Perkins blocking them. Yeah, the it, little subtle stuff. Yeah, just a real yeah. little subtle thing that that and that's this match was filled with kind of subtle stuff, which is not you know not always you know Kota Bushi's you know best thing i mean he's he's very much like a loud you know out there you know jump, jump yeah. off the page type wrestler or whatever but i thought he did a lot of stuff here and perkins just i i thought you know bushi was great in this match but i thought this was perkins's like the best uh, i've ever seen of him i just thought he was next level here like all-time great all-time good here uh you, you know again like i mentioned at the top of the show the fact that he was able to adapt and the fact that this match had all those different sort of acts where you had you know a bushi coming out like a ball of fire you know at the beginning and doing a lot of the high flying or whatever but then perkins just kind of having that little bit you know where he blocks the kick and, and does that sort of stuff. And then, you know, then there's kind of a Perkins kind of takes over a little bit, does some of his submission stuff, but not too much. He didn't, he didn't, you know, work it in, in quite that way because, which was another smart thing too, is because they had followed Sabre and Metallic, which had been a lot of that ground game stuff, which had been a lot of those submissions, which was so shocking, from said, which was also shocking for Metallic because he was right. doing a lot of submission wrestling in that match where you're just yeah. like, and he looked, he looked decent doing that. that. Yeah, and he looked pretty decent doing it, but I liked it that Perkins said, okay, you know, I can do that style, and that's something that maybe I should in in the context of a story against Dakota Bushi. That would make sense that I would, you know, work his leg over, and that would be, you know, kind of the thing. Is it? But he worked the leg over, but did it in a way that wasn't so much like, I'm just going to pound your leg into the mat, and I'm going to put you in mm-hmm. submissions, and slowly, like, he didn't do that because he knew that that, last, that match prior had so much of that same style stuff. So Perkins then found different ways to sort of attack the leg and, and to get after it. And then, like, the, the, the finish as well, which is incredible. I mean, that, that we mentioned at the top again that, that that leg lock is just, like, the most overmove in wrestling. And the fact that he was able to, to work it, work it, work it, and then hit it, and the crowd just goes nuts. And then, you know, I, I love the sequence of Ibushi reaching for the ropes, reaching for the ropes, almost getting there, and then Perkins puts the cross face yeah. on him. And it's just like, nope, you're not getting out of this. Like, Yeah, and exactly. I think also – I may be wrong on this, so don't quote me on this, but in, in the process of getting these knee bars, he started with the knee bar. And they did the knee bar with the leg lock. And then they did the knee bar with the leg lock and then the pulling, or at least he did the knee bar with the pulling of the neck. And he just kept heightening it there to make it that much more brutal. And it was finally the neck. Yeah, no, that that ending sequence where, yeah, where he's reaching out and then you just see Perkins kind of pop up and great camera yeah. work. That was oh, such okay. a great yeah, camera yeah, shot. Yeah, where you got to make that comes shot. from behind. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was phenomenal. Good on you got to nail that team. shot too. Yeah, you yeah. got to nail that camera shot to make it really work. And and one thing I really like too is that even after that, even when even when Perkins puts in the cross face and like Abushi has no choice, he doesn't immediately tap. And I love that aspect. I love matches like that. That's one of my favorite things about like a submission finish is like when the guys just really let it. Like the, you know that guy's like, can I? I, I through his head, he's thinking, okay, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. And then just goes, ah, damn it. And then just tap. like that's what we got with Abushi, where he's like, shit, I didn't think he was gonna do this to me. Now, how do I get out of this? I can't. I'm done. It's over. And I lost. And and that's yeah. like, it's so cool. I mean, that's awesome stuff. 
yeah, it, it, that, that struggle is great. The internal struggle where you see them, okay, can I get out? No, I can't. I got to tap. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my leg pretty much. As a, Yeah, the quick tap out thing always bothers me because they never explain that. Well, no, I was just living to fight another day. That's why I tapped out real quick or anything to that effect. They just, ah, I tapped out because there was instant pain. It's like it's like if you watch UFC and the guy just gets the arm under there, a guy just starts tapping. You're just like, oh, come on. <laughs> But, <laughs> yeah. but no, I, no, every, everything about this man, I, I absolutely love it. Well, that's why that's why you love CM Punk's UFC fight because he stayed in there. You know, he was like, "I'm not gonna tap." Like, <laughs> like this guy, like poor, like you know, he's, he's just a killing him. Like, you know, Mickey Gall, he's like turning purple. He's like, "Come on, man, tap out." Like, I got you. You're done. Like, just tap. And, like, you want to get punched again? All yeah, right. like I'll do it. Like, I'm trying <laughs> not to kill you here, buddy. Like, you're terrible, and I'm trying not to kill you. So just like tap already. And like he wouldn't do it, and the refs wouldn't call it either because like you could have. And that's not to do an aside, but I love that because like. You could have called that fight in like five seconds. Like that for, after that yeah. first punch that Gall had him on his, it was like that's it. And then like refs like, all right, I'll I'll see what could happen here. And then Gall just has him in like a you know weird naked choke for you know <laughs> two minutes. And it's like, would you just tap that man? Come on. And then it's like, all right, fine, all right, all right. Like, we have a sponsor for this episode, and it is Dollar Shave Club. When they initially said they were, hey, we're going to sponsor you guys, I was like, ah, you know, I don't really, I don't shave all that much. You know what I mean? Like, I'll shave every so often, but I kind of like having the the stubble or whatever. And they were like, no, 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 trust me. Like, we do way more than just shaving now. The shave butter, this, like, body wash, all this other good stuff. But that's a good thing. You don't have to choose between price and quality with Dollar Shave Club. You you, you get it regardless. You know, you, to, to get an amazing and affordable shave, Dollar Shave Club is the answer. So to prove how amazing their shave really is, they're going to give you the first month, as you guys mentioned on the backlash, post-show first month's free that's all you have to do to join the dollar shave club is again as you said your brothers have said that they love the razors if you're like ah i don't you know i just i i don't shave all that often still if you shave it all the razors are incredible they're awesome they're a great rich, value rich i get five o'clock shadow 10 minutes after i shave. and that's you know like, what that's to be honest too like i shaved <laughs> yesterday and that's what this looks like so yeah like unfortunately for me uh not the target audience but hey i got a few weddings coming up so i'm definitely going to utilize uh those shaves there but yeah it's not just shaving too i mean it's body wash it's all the other good stuff and that's why we love it and that's why we're so glad they sponsored us and that's one of the big things they wanted us to to let you guys know is that hey you know if, you, if you're not huge on shaving and that's not a, a thing that's that big of a deal to you that's fine because they do a bunch of other stuff now they, it, it's all about the bathroom they just dominate the bathroom at this point not just shaves but anyway uh this is your chance now to see why over three million members like me and like you love the dollar shave club. dollar shave club is so confident in the quality of all their products that you can get the first month for free you just pay the shipping again uh after that it's just a few bucks per month there's no long-term commitment no hidden fees uh, there's really no reason not to do it. So we're gonna like we're gonna give you two codes here, and you have a choice, a, a very like a Sophie, you know, a Sophie's choice. Sophie's choice, here. exactly. Right. <laughs> so you got Dollar Shave Club slash Voices. That's if you like me better than Jeff, or you know Joe better than than Rob or whatever. That's the one you're gonna want to go to because you know then we get all the cra- it goes to the same thing. It doesn't really matter all that much. But whichever one you want to choose, or you can go to dollarshaveclub.com slash ropes, and that's you guys. Mm. Boo hiss. Oh, oh wait! Are you team? Are you team red and we're team blue now? We're gonna be doing these stupid interpromotional feuds. Maybe like Case- weird backhand comments at one another. And yeah, that's- where is Case Low gonna sign? Is he gonna sign with? Yeah. Oh, of course. So that's uh, yeah. We definitely have uh, either one of those. DollarShaveClub.com/slash/voices. DollarShaveClub.com/slash/ropes. Either one of those that you want to do, you're good to go. You're gonna help us out one way or another. So definitely check that out. Get your first month for free. But anyway, we will move on to, uh, back to the wrestling. DIY Johnny Gargano, uh, Champa defeating Cedric Alexander and Norm Dar. What do you think of the Cedric Alexander Norm Dar team? What what are the, what did those two have in common? My my first question was why isn't Rich Swan in this position uh, to be with him? But I know they they're yeah. putting Dar they're putting Dar on the main roster, which is. <laughs> It seems one, yeah, one, of, the, one of these things yeah. is not like the other. I'll just put it that way. I, I just, I, 
and as I say, like to say, three of these four guys really entertained me. Um, <laughs> I like Gnome Dar. I just, I, eh, he's not doing much for me in this because he'll, 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 he'll do his showing off at exactly the wrong time logically when you're watching the match where it's like, okay, for an independent match, yeah, you can see that because, okay, here's where the guy comes and kicks him in the back of the head while he's, you know, you know, bowing to the crowd or whatever but but as a as a wrestling watcher you just go okay this is just <laughs> clownish but <laughs> i i thought they worked well together i i actually liked that they're making this champa gargano breakup a slow burn because yeah, people were yeah. people were asking me are, are they going to break up here i go that would be ridiculous if they did it here they have to do it after like a tag team title match or something to that effect but this match very entertaining a lot of great spots here especially that ending sequence where uh, this was a spot fest yeah the, the cruiser yeah. classic has not been a lot of spot fest uh, they've been pretty this well was i mean fest. this was like we got you know we, we have 20 minutes of shit we're gonna put into five like six minutes so let's go like yeah we, we need tomaso to sit up there with his head underneath the turnbuckle while rich can crawl <laughs> back up here and <laughs> and drop kick him in the head but i mean yeah this is this was a match you'd see in a VFW hall in Reseda. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was a PW Tribal match for sure. But American yeah, it was, Legion Hall, I'm sorry. American yeah, Legion yeah. Hall. It's okay. I get it right. Please, please. But uh <laughs> yeah, um <laughs> no, that's that like the first point about Norm Dar, I, I I have not been as as down on him as other people because I've kind of given him the benefit of the doubt of like, look who he's faced throughout this tournament. I mean, yeah, he, he's had a really bad run of guys, and I think Saber was his first good opponent, but particularly in this case and i think he's fine he's okay but in particularly this case when you see those three and then you see noam dar it's like it's it's night and day like you're saying one of these things it, it, like those guys are so much on another level than noam dar and yeah that's he was lost in this ma- he got lost he got yeah. lost in this match especially when he was up against champa they're trying to get the pins out of the turnbuckle drop kick on the leg and and champa fell and he didn't really know how to get him for the pin he almost ended up doing one of those uh Oh, who was it? Not Naomi, but Naomi's former tag team partner where they tried to pin the person when the stomach was down. Yes. Yeah. Why am I blanking doing... on her name? What the hell was her name? Why, why, like, she wasn't gone that long, you know? No, I can't. I'm blanking on it, too, for some Naomi reason. Naomi and... People oh, are currently God. yelling in their I know. iPhones. You and I'm stupid like, moron. You come and I'm not going to look at it either. Cameron, yeah. somebody on the Cameron. chat. Thank you. Cameron. Thank you. Yes, thank yeah, you. no, they, they were zero. doing one of those. You know, I, yes. I, I'm not I'm not totally down on Gnome Dar. It's just, yes, there's an obvious talent gap there. And I don't know what putting him on the main roster right now is going to do for that talent gap necessarily because you got to be ready to go when you get there. Yeah. You know, unless, I mean, look at Heath Slater, who's very talented. I mean, he's been around, but he's, he's never progressed past where he started. So, I mean, he's going to be the guy that loses in the cruiserweight division. I think that's his slot. Yeah, and that, I, I guess you need those two. So I guess because like a yeah. part of me says, you know, put the guy in NXT. I mean, man, if like if if Nakamura, if like these guys, and I know you know, of course, I know why Nakamura and Balor and those sort of guys are there. But like, if you have to say, oh, these guys got to go through NXT for a little while, like of all people that needs like a year or a year and a half in NXT, it's Noam Dar, and he's still super young too. So it's not like you know, it's not that big of a deal if he's got to do that. But like. I, the other part of me is like you just brought up, and I'm glad you mentioned that, is well, you need some guys to lose too, right? Like you can't just have it be, yeah. you know, because then it is just going to be this giant muck of guys trading wins back and forth, and it's going to be, you know, the, w, the WCW Cruiserweight division where it's just this anybody can win at any given time and who the hell cares and whatever. Like you need to have stars. You need to have kind of a, a hierarchy here. So I guess Noam Dar is that part of the hierarchy, but it's like, you know, at that age, do you want him to be that? Do you want him to be a guy that's already kind of just there? Or I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I think it's possible Ace or not ACH, but uh, Cedric may also be in this position. <laughs> but but you know what? I mean, it's I don't know how they're going to handle this this cruiserweight division because they they can't even build their heavyweight divisions well. I, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> Lord knows, you know, Gnome Door may get a flash pin on TJ Perkins to win this title on Raw on Monday, and we may all be just be wrong about everything. So yeah, damn it, this night is so good. Don't ruin this night. This is a great night. <laughs> I won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's hard not to. I mean, you're a guy who used to write, you know, review raw for us. So I get it. You're jaded. Uh, you have to, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Like I, I, I still feel bad. Like I've, I destroyed, like think of the Rich, people that we've Rich, had. I have hope in this cruiserweight division. I hope they get okay, the entire yeah. first hour of raw to the cruiserweights and then I'll they go, go into a two hour raw and right, then the and two then we, hour and raw I, is fantastic. And then there you, <laughs> there we go. There's optimistic Jeff for you. How about yes. that? Or like okay. WCW, I watched the first hour and then I bounce and I never watch it again. The rest Pretty of the much night. me. Yeah. Yeah. Until I come back maybe at like 10 to see what the, Oh wait, La Parca already yeah. came on. I'm not watching the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, so good stuff uh, there. So now we'll get to the final, but we would be remiss if we don't talk about the segment that happened before the final. And I'm not talking about Corey Graves and William Regal doing random standups. I'm talking about the fact that both men get in the ring, they're ready to go, the ring, the bell's about to ring, and then it is time to play the game, Jeff. <laughs> Triple H comes out to do his Triple H. Hey guys, thing. remember I'm responsible for the <laughs> Which is weird because you had this segment before. William Regal was like, Yeah, no, like, and he was pretty gracious at it. He was like, you know, I I I'm not gonna say, you know, I'm not gonna take credit because this has been a joy for me, but here's a few people that helped it out or whatever. And we all kind of wondered, oh geez, like Triple H's gotta stand out of this, or maybe he's not gonna be as aggressive. And then no, no, he was he was I, I I get what the thinking behind this. It's about the dramatic moment and things of that nature. And and for for me being kind of a quipster and a snarkster, I said, "Oh no, here it comes Paul's gonna pedigree metallic and give the belt." But um, you do this after they've done their walkouts. They're in the ring before the ring introductions by Mike Rowe. That's when you do it and you say, "Here's the title you guys are gonna be fighting for." And you get the crowd all hyped out. What this did was it brought the, I mean, the crowd got excited, but they were excited for the match. They came down a bit for the belt and they had to bring themselves back up again once the match started. Yeah, that that was the part that I really hated. Is I think there was a way to do this that yeah. wasn't so deflating to the crowd. And like that's... It's the right move at the wrong time. Yeah, exactly. Because if and and I was like, oh god, what's this guy doing? He's just gonna sit here and he's gonna talk about you know the the or, orange county chopper, you know, doing this title. And like nobody cares. The trophy's it's not that nice of a trophy. It's a freaking ball on like you know what I mean. Like everybody keeps talking about the majestic trophy. And I'm like, it's not that nice of a trophy. It's just a, Look, but, I'll be I'll be glass half full. At least you didn't go. You know, when I was looking out on the landscape of cruiserweight, <laughs> right? Yeah, when I single handedly, I saw a talent. Game. I saw a talent out there that didn't have a chance, and I. I yeah. came up with this idea, you know, at least we didn't, and he didn't pedigree that. both I mean, guys and say, no. Oh, just so you know, heavyweights <laughs> will always, but like, which could have happened, which could have definitely, I mean, like, that's not that unrealistic that triple H could have done that. But um, I thought, yeah, the idea that you're going to come out here and you're going to introduce this title, I'm all on board, do that. Yeah. But then have the guys come out, you know what I mean? Like have triple H do his little thing and then introduce guys, but you had him introduced and the crowd's like, all right, let's go. We're ready to go. Let's yeah. go. Fit. And then, the, and then like, and the promo wasn't like a quick thing either. It was like, it kind of went on a little bit, went on and like, yes, he raised the stakes, which is cool. And I see absolutely why they did it but i thought it, it it was just a weird the show was on just such a great you know sort of path and, and such a great it had really good momentum 
up to that point. Mm-hmm. That kind of hurt a little bit. But in the end, I mean, it really didn't matter all that much. I don't think this no. match was affected by it in any way. Like, I think this match w- was what it was, regardless of what happened before that. But, yeah, I was a little little disappointed that that when he came out because it was just like, oh, God. And it was just like, you know, everybody was like, oh, Triple H hasn't come out and done his, like, thing. Or, like, oh, we're waiting for Triple H with those Instagram photos. And it's like, no, 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 I'm just going to come out, like, as these guys are getting ready and, like, talk – like, it, that that was just a little odd. And, and yeah. But uh, what do you think of this match, the main event here? Perkins, of course, defeating Grand Metallic uh, with that that knee block um, to win the Cruiserweight Classic and win the inaugural, you know, or I guess the inaugural uh, WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Are they is the lineage the same? Did they have they even addressed that yet, or are they? No, no, no. Right? This is this is this is a total retcon. So they're not they're not <laughs> no other light heavyweight cruiserweight, <laughs> right? Okay, whatever type of belts, you know, n- nothing Ultimo Dragon ever held is involved in this so we're, we're great or Medusa, no. Or no, you know. <laughs> um great. i put this squarely in between the abushi tj perkins match and the opener um at, in terms of matches i i liked it um i'm glad tj perkins didn't seem to uh gas out at the end here um you know, there there were a few communication problems it seemed but i liked the story of it and it, again it was getting over the knee bar which is awesome. I like that. I like that it's not his finisher isn't going to be a flippy dive type thing that they're they're just going to end up ostracizing him about. Um, <laughs> the one thing I got, the one thing that kept going through my mind was was there, there was a Miz like catch of Metallic by T.J. Perkins. I felt really bad about about three quarters away through this match. I just went oh. I hope he's okay. <laughs> you get that every time. Not not to, to jump back, but you get that every time with that, that triangle moonsault that yeah. she does. The one where he, he, every time people catch him with his like, wrist. I don't know why they're like so nervous about it. Maybe because it happened so fast and like Ibushi's so out of I don't know if it's Ibushi being out of control or him not. Well, but, like, this one, this one, Metallic just landed flat on his back. Yeah, on the that he didn't even hit anything. No, and you're just sounded, like, ooh. Yeah, that was a Miz one for sure where it's just like, ooh, nope, 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 nope. Don't want to get hit. Like, and you can that, just see him yeah. going, sorry, sorry about that. You know, And you can see him kind of cringe through the mask a little bit too like oh that hurt a little <laughs> like let's let's take a few minutes here let's just kind of yeah i i enjoyed the spot where where they started chanting this is awesome and 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 you could tell i mean they'd been having a really great match and i didn't i don't mind this occasionally tj kind of corpsing a little on the ground there while he's trying to recover he's like yeah i'm having a real good match here this is nice but uh no i i have uh i have no major complaints about this there, there seemed to be a little it seemed to be a little clunky at times but i you know, I excuse it because it seemed like a fight in a clash of styles. So I was, I was more than happy with it. I thought both men did well for themselves. I thought Metallic selling the leg throughout mm-hmm. made made a much more compelling story than your average indie match where they seem to forget the leg until, you know, until it's necessary to remember to sell the leg. But he was selling that throughout. They teased a lot of big spots here that uh, that 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 was great and and as opposed to like the kickouts of the finishers every time this kind of told more of a straight ahead story absolutely yeah and that, that's what i thought in my review i sort of mentioned that this was this felt less like uh what we've seen with the cruiserweight classic which has been a little bit faster pace you know quick pace sort of matches and felt more like a kind of a wwe style main event where it was yeah. just sort of like let's build let, you know let, let's keep it let's keep it low let's not go crazy and then we'll kind of build to a to a certain level i do wonder though if they got to that level that they were really trying to get to i do wonder if that was maybe missing a little bit because i thought everything building up to that was great it was like all right here we go we're getting the, you know slowly but surely you're starting to get in the match get in the match a little bit more 
and then it just kind of seemed to end a little bit quicker than I thought. I don't know. I like, and I don't want finisher spamming. Like, I don't need that every single time. But I thought something a little bit more, maybe a little bit more of Grand Metallic looking like he might win. Because I, for me, and maybe it was just because I, I sort of thought Perkins was going to win, but I never at any point thought that Metallic had to win at all. You, you know, did no, you, I, don't I, know if you I, that either. No, I agree with that with that critique of it, especially. Yeah, and they never teased that Metallic was in a position that he had TJ Perkins wounded enough to pin him necessarily. I mean, he did, you know, he did he did a move and he crawled over, put the arm over him, but you never thought that that was going to be the finish right there. Um, you thought maybe the top rope uh, transition that eventually got transitioned into the knee bar, which was a spectacular finish. I yes, thought. Oh, I, thought, exactly, I thought it ended yeah. so strong here um you thought maybe if he hit that then that's the finisher because there's no way you can kick out of that but other than that yeah no i i agree with your assessment you never really bought into the fact that metallic was ever going to win this match yeah and and you know what to be fair that might have been what they were going for they might have been like hey let's let's you know Metallica we're gonna, gonna build right we're gonna here. build tj to be the star of this division right i mean now. that could have been it no like you know what i, I mean? have like, no problem with that whatsoever yeah and i'm fine with that too if that's what the goal was and, and you know looking beyond just a simple like oh i'm rating stars you know i'm doing the star rating or whatever like if that's your goal is like hey let's make perkins the star of this division you did it here because when mm-hmm. he locked in that submission the crowd went nuts and they're a guy that they've been kind of uneven with him the entire time i mean there's a lot of people that like and i don't know if they you know follow him on twitter and like the nba which would make them probably hate <laughs> hate tj perkins a little bit if you're a you know a lebron james fan or a smart basketball fan you might not like tj perkins because he has terrible nba thoughts but um like there's other <laughs> things too that he like you know he's, he's not the most you know he gets some in some trouble on Twitter as well. There's some stuff that he says that people don't agree. So I wonder if a little bit of that was kind of trickling in and the fact that like everybody else in this tournament had sort of a was, I don't know, they were a little bit more colorful. They were a little bit more like internet darling guys, a lot of them, but where Perkins really isn't. Perkins just kind of flies under that radar. So fans weren't like as into him as they were. Like he was almost... I wouldn't say the uh, heel, but he was like one of the last remaining guys that everybody wasn't just like, we love this guy, you know, undoubtedly he's our favorite ever. You know what I mean? Like everybody else that was left in that tournament was almost like, we absolutely love these guys where Perkins had to kind of win them over a little bit. And he did yeah. it when the end of that match happened, when you, like you said, he, he, he hit that layer. He got Metallic in that leg lock and Metallica's fighting, 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 and then can't do it. The crowd just went nuts. They went absolutely insane for him. And it wasn't just when the tap out happened. It's when they locked in that finisher, which again is awesome that in that night he got that finisher over like he locked it in and it was like that he's done it's over it's done and the crowd is is pumped before metallic even taps and i think that's a really awesome thing to do in one night where they really almost made that finisher into a real deal yeah for this crowd i think they were thinking either saber or abushi was going to be in this final one way or another Mm -hmm. and i think they they were like well okay you know out of those guys (laughs) we get tj And, and not that they don't like tj but he wasn't as Oh my God! This is the big international star that we all know. Yeah, right, right. Type of guy, but but what also made it was they didn't. The crowd did not buy the finish on the original leg lock when he got it off of the top rope. There, when they bought it, was when he lo- did the uh, leg lock cr- behind yeah, it, sense. and yeah, then right. then they're like, oh, now it's on, and that was that was great too. In, in that on that part of it, that was really really a nice moment and a nice moment in the match. Yeah, a good point by a few of the people in our uh, chat room that are saying that Perkins also kind of, by virtue of who we eliminated, kind of got some heat as well because he yeah. went through, you know, he he beat, um, you know, of Swan. course. Yeah, he beat Swan. Uh, he beat Gargano, right? Yeah. He, oh, no. Yeah, he beat Gargano. Yeah. I mean, the Mac, I don't think anyone's really upset about him eliminating No, nobody's upset about that. <laughs> All those German fans going, damn I you. Think- 
I think even the Jern fans were like, yeah, it's, that's all right. Like, I remember, like, I think even Striga and other people that, you know, the famed, like, German fans that we talked to or interacted <laughs> with were like, no, nah, the Mac's not really good. Like, he, he, like, he was kind of warning people. I remember he was like, no, like, we have better guys in Germany. Like, we don't know. Like, he's not very good. And then, like, everyone's like, this guy sucks. He's like, I told you. I know. Like, it's not. We're, we're better. We have WXW. It's a great promotion. Like, go watch that. But, yeah. He beat three darlings on the way. Yeah, I mean, right, right. Gargano, Swan, who had been really built up. And the crowd had really fallen in love behind him. I'm, I'm kind of surprised he didn't call an audible on that one. And then, of course, Abushi. That yeah, I could I could see the, them going. Ah, why are they pushing this guy? You know, especially yeah. the more in tune fans, so to speak. Especially right full sale. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I I always sense that. But when it was over, I mean, he was just as big of a star as any of these other guys too. Yeah. And, and a perfect guy to to carry the mantle on, on Raw and be that cruiserweight champion. And again, like we saw, he cut that promo afterward. And I think that's such an important thing to WWE that like I think maybe we lost sight a little bit when we were discussing who could win this thing. And like I, I agree, I got kind of caught up in it. Oh, how cool would it be, Abushi? How cool would it be, you know, Grand Metallic or whatever? But then they it's still WWE, and they still want that guy that can get in the ring and cut that promo. Like the, you know what I mean? Like that's that, still that, an that asset. promo. That promo was schmaltzy. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I, but I liked it a lot. But, but when you counteract it with, you know, all, all the bruising and stuff oh, on the his body, crazy. Yeah. Oh, it, it works. It worked so well. But the whole I was in the other room hard, hard luck that. story. Yeah. I was in the room when I when he hit that chop and I had turned because I had to go do something. My dogs were doing something in the other room. So I, I turned the volume up and I said, I'm just going to walk away for like, 20, you know, 15 seconds, figure out what the dogs are doing and then come back. And as I turned the corner, like I hear that smack and my dogs like look up. They're like, <laughs> what was that? Like, because they thought what? I did it. They thought I was like, you know, because I, uh, you know, if they're being bad or whatever, I'll kind of like really quickly, you know, like snap my hands or whatever. Like they thought that, that that was me doing that. And I was like, I didn't do anything, guys. And then they, they followed me into this room because I went back to the room to go, what the hell is going on? And then they followed me and were like staring at me like, what do we do? We swear we weren't doing anything. Like we're your, just your in dogs, the room. You know so, what like, now? Your dog's now have PTSD. I hate to It's true. That. Yeah, that's, <laughs> we did nothing. We didn't do anything wrong. Like, but uh, yeah, that's that's it's good stuff. So anyway, um, kind of let's give a wrap up on this tournament because I think you know we talked about all the matches here, talked about how great this night was. Let's talk about this tournament in general because there was some discussion going on about you know observer awards and whether it belongs for best weekly tv show or whatever like that's kind of a weird argument that i don't know like i'll just vote for whatever and like if dave counts it he counts it he doesn't he doesn't like i don't make i don't make a big deal about that but people were asking dave is this does this finale count as a show of the year and he said yes would you is it in contention for that i think it's in contention i i don't i don't know if it was top to bottom as solid as other shows right now and we you know we still have a few months to go here especially you know that takeover in toronto is shaping up to be something really really great as well um the tag match i don't know does i don't know if the tag match drags it down at all because i i really liked that takeover brooklyn special as as show of the year yeah that, that was, and then you got you know you got a, a bunch i mean Russell kingdom i don't know if i yeah Russell Kingdom was a solid show i don't know if it was like yeah, yeah the, I, NXT, I, I, the nxt the nxt mania weekend you have the evolve special oh, the mania, mania, weekend. mania weekend was just every yeah you know what honestly yeah. that nxt mania weekend i forgot about that one that one's pretty damn great it's a tough year it's a tough year and man. even like, either one of the evolve specials or or super yeah. or the wwn super show on on that night on yeah, those that weekend all- was also really good. So I mean, it's in contention. I just I think because of the number of people who may watch Evolve 
or whatnot that this will get a lot more votes no it's i mean yeah those are dead in the water it's gonna be in japan or wwe and that we know but like from the standpoint of it'll probably be an nxt show then in in some way yeah that's especially for that that audience uh but wwe's had some good pay-per-views too that i can see i don't know i don't know what case i mean god you're not gonna make a case for wrestlemania but you might make a case for a few others but um now as far as kind of the macro of the entire tournament you know, there's some question of whether it belongs for, you know, a best weekly TV show or, or whatever. Where do you rank this as as far as a tournament, as far as a TV show, as far as a series? Like, that's the problem. It's kind of ambiguous in terms of what they're going to call it and what it sort of pocket it fits in. But what, okay. what, what do you think of the entire thing? Uh, I think it should be considered. It, yeah, it should be considered a TV show, much like a limited series. I agree. For yeah. for like other channels. I mean, it, it it's it's just. It's just a mini, like, it's I mean, a mini series, right? Like, even yeah, like, well, even like an FX show, which only does, you know, 12 or 13 episodes for mm-hmm. a season, you know, something like that, th- those get, you know, considered for episodic TV shows at the Emmys. So why not this? That, that, that flummoxed me when Dave said this wasn't eligible for best weekly TV show. I, I just, I was like, what are you talking yeah, it about? Doesn't, I mean, it started July 20th and what now it's, it's two and a half 14th. months. Yeah. Like that's some more than enough time. Like I don't have the episode count in front of me. I know people. I mean, that's longer than like that first season of Access New Japan. Yeah, you know, one best weekly show. It's really strange, and he had like some weird reason for why not or whatever. Like, I don't care because I think I might vote for it because like when 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 we're so bereft of like what I would consider great weekly TV shows in wrestling right now, just because so much stuff happens like that, it's so hard to vote. You know what I mean? Like, Raw could have you know. 30 great episodes in a year, but because there's, you know, all those other ones and they're all drags or whatever, like you're never going to vote for raw. Like no one's ever going to vote for raw for that. There was, there was never, game. there was never a rebooting type of episode. Like you'll get an NXT or raw mm-hmm. or SmackDown. It was always kind of a straight ahead thing. So yeah, I think, I think by nature of that, it's, it's a much stronger show than the others you might put out there. Um, my macro for the entire tournament was they created <laughs> quite a few new stars, a few unexpectedly, which is always a positive. I mean, nobody expected Cedric Alexander to be yeah, the, oh, talk, no. the talk of WWE when he dropped the weight and left a steady gig to take a chance on himself as they put over many, many times. You know, the other big thing is the shading of the two big international stars because they wouldn't sign. Yeah. I mean, there was there was an interesting line in there, and I don't know if there was anything to it because it's Morrow, and Morrow loves his Japan stuff, but Really? He does. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't notice. I had. I had no idea. Go on. Well, you're. Well, you're sober, which is very surprising. Yes. Oh um, no, that's because I was gonna play the Moro now a drink game, but I, I got a Mountain Dew instead because I had a beer and I was like, I gotta do this thing with with Jeff. Like, I better just put this beer away because this is not. God, be good I, oh come I, on, sloshed rich and me. Oh, <laughs> actually, when we do when we eventually do the you know because we took that Twitter poll of what do you want? What do you guys want to see? Do you want to see Rich and Jeff or Robin Joe or or you know whatever combo of those? If we do, I, I don't know who won. Did did you and I win? I, I didn't check. I think, did I, think I, don't. I think I think Joe. We're gonna do whatever the hell we want anyway. We don't really care what you guys. Because I mean, but. I don't have something to talk to Joe for three hours about. I don't think. Although we'll probably go into Tinder stuff or something to that. Tinder. Effect, no, you guys could talk like eighties, like you know, Mid Atlantic wrestling or something. Oh yeah, like we, yeah we we could talk tag team okay. wrestling. We could talk. Yeah, you guys mid card yeah. mid card tag teams. That's what. See we the problem, talk Joe, Rob and I have talked already, so we've already kind of gotten done that. But yeah, maybe you and, and, and I, Rob. Yeah, like, well, who can talk to Rob? For, for yeah, for more than forty. I, minutes. I mean, that's why you guys for more than hour, twenty yeah. minutes for that sake. <laughs> no, but but let me let me go back to the point. But yes, but when we do says, it, yes, we will both get drunk. So you and I will do it, and then we will <laughs> uh, we'll do that, and then it'll be a good show. So Morrow made the, had this line where he goes, and Kota Bushi goes back to Japan empty-handed. I see. Oh, I did notice that. Okay, and right. I was like, oh, I wonder if someone fed him that line. 
Uh, yeah, Jeff's I wonder if that, that was. Yeah, that's. He did say, like, he specifically said, like, it, it wasn't like, hey, you know, let, let me, you know, let me do some stuff on Raw because he mentioned, oh, I'll do some stuff on Raw, and they said, no, nah, no, nah, go. He specifically said, I mean, that tweet came out this week where he said, it wasn't I, about, I oh, look what a great man. What a yeah. great showing he had in the tournament, you know, what all these great matches he had. It's, yep, got nothing out of this. That's a very good later. point. That's a great point. He goes back to Japan <laughs> empty-handed. It's a, it's a very other, heavy-handed, yeah. Yeah, and the other thing was, was and it was a point I made earlier in the show, was that Zack Sabre Jr.'s charisma and all the stuff about being the best technical wrestler in the world, for the big general CWC audience, none of that translated. It didn't. Yeah, I mean, that's the guy who's who's killed Evolve this year. I mean, just absolutely. And, yeah. and I mentioned this point on, on the flagship, and I don't know. Um, I don't know if you kind of know. Gallagher came out of this yes, bigger yes. star than Zack Saber Jr. Doing what Saber does. Like if if you had said, yeah. okay, we're 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 gonna sign one British submission specialist guy out of this tournament, and Zack Saber's in this tournament, you, I, I would not argue with you at all if you said it's jack elher i'm only signing jack elher because that's and that's i i wonder if, i don't know what it was about saber we kind of talked about this show and i were trying to work our way through this of i don't know if, i i've always noticed this that him live really kind of projects a lot better saber i think yes. you enjoy saber a little bit more live than you do on tape but even with that said i've loved almost everything he's done and evolved this year i mean I, I i did not go to wrestlemania weekend and yet my match of the year might be saber and osprey you, you know what i mean like yeah i wasn't there live but it still was incredible like I, i've seen a lot of saber matches this year that I've loved on tape, but I still hold that thought that he's better live, but I don't know what it was about this tournament, but at no point did he ever really seem to click. The Sabre hero match was also really, really good. That yeah. Weekend. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I didn't get that. And that just, and especially like just reading people who had never seen him before, who had heard the hype and just weren't impressed. And it's like, oh, look at this skinny geek who doesn't go to the gym. And you're just like, what? 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 I've never heard that complaint about Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> but, but, but you'd see my mentions all full of it. I'm just like, what are you guys talking about here? You know, this is who he is. He's a cruiserweight. He's not a big jacked up dude, you know, or, or anything like that. But, you know, I mean, that, that was a takeaway of the negatives. But a lot of guys did well for themselves. Like even guys like Tony Nese you know, did, did really well for himself. The, uh, you know, Alejandro the, Sayas did, did, had a great, Alejandro Sayas, I'm yeah. trying to remember who the, the, uh, the Samoan, uh, in the tournament from the first round that I can't remember. Oh, uh, are you thinking of Sean Maluda? Sean Maluda. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. did well for himself in that opening round match. I mean, there were a lot of guys here who, but if they Safa have this, is the guy that, that yeah. like, I know he's not signed right, but he's a guy that I think that they're going to put on short list and, and call him at some point. I mean, that guy, yeah, you know what? You, need, it with you don't need to have these guys full time, but you can bring them in for the raw division when they're local or whatnot. And, and if you're going to have this CWC again, which you never know, cause I haven't heard anything about a dusty classic being done this year yet. That may be due to Cody leaving, but if you're going to do that again, you can bring them back and then they'll have that heft and they'll have that fan base already built in. And, and you know what? That's a positive thing, I think, for them. And hopefully it'll help their asking price on the indies should they not be signed. Yeah, no, I really like that. I'm glad, I'm, that's a really good point. I hope uh, people are listening. I hope people kind of react to that, too. I love this idea of, like, people yeah, don't listen to guys. People don't listen to me, Rich. They listen to you and Joe. That's no, all they're, they listen they're, to. No, least, that's not true at all. They listen to you, and they're listening to you right now as well. But, uh, no, that's uh, – that's because that's a great point because I, I, I would love that because now you have this Rolodex of guys. And I said Rolodex. What an outdated, horrible – like, anybody under 20 has no clue what the hell a Rolodex Bind- Full yeah. of indie games. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Go. Rolodex. For God's sake. <laughs> I'm not even old. I would make fun of Joe for making that reference, and I just made that. But um, now you have that list of guys that are 
in some ways kind of re- like you said regional how cool would that be is you do a loop in the midwest and you call mustafa ali you know you go to you know new york you call an anthony bennett or whatever you go to you know all these different places and you can call these guys in and they can kind of come do these little shots that would be awesome because that's kind of i know again what maybe wishful thinking here but how cool would that be where like you get this idea where like on any given night there might just be a different guy and like yeah maybe that doesn't win and just kind of is a jobber in that sense but you're kind of familiar with who this guy is and there's some background to him and that that would be really cool i really like that idea a lot i hope that's something to do. i mean they're not going to do it at all but how could i'd be i'd be in for that where it's just like kind of these guys come in when you're in that in their sort of region and they do you know a match or, or two or whatever I, I like that a lot actually uh what is kind of your final thought now we'll kind of get out uh, out those and then we'll, we'll sign off here okay final thought on the tournament i mean first off would you do this thing again? Like, I think anyone, everyone in the world is going to say yes, right? Like, yeah. I think what? they did this the right way. I know a lot of people were expecting, you know, oh, we're going to get the 32 best guys to bring in here. But I think they did this the smart way. They had about eight eight to ten people they really wanted to focus on, and they focused on them, and the rest of the guys were there to make them look good. And I think yeah, that was – Brilliant. Go ahead. Sorry, not to interrupt. But yeah, after that first round of the tournament, we kind of freaked out. I'm like, oh, this guy's, oh, that guy's terrible. That guy sucks. After like, by round two, like pretty much almost all those guys were gone. And then by round three, it was like the cream of the crop. Anyway, it was like people that you wanted to see anyway. So yeah, ideally, it would have been nice to have the best 32, like you said. But like, you needed guys to lose too. So it kind of, it works in that sense where you got to give these guys, like, you know, your Anthony Bennett's of the world and those sort of guys, you give them an outlet to sort of grow their you know whatever they are a little bit and then also have them lose and it's not a big deal if they lose like nobody cares nobody gets upset it's it it makes sense so in that sense i did enjoy that yeah people were kind of going nuts about who they wanted in this tournament and all that stuff and i agree like i I was fine with it when it was all said and done i thought it was cool because part of me and we mentioned this joe and i when they announced the the field is part of me enjoyed the fact that it was this blend of guys that i didn't know like like i'm I, i like this idea of discovering new guys and seeing new guys and finding out who these people are and, and, and learning new stuff about these guys. Like I, I enjoy that aspect. So that's why I like that. They didn't get, you know, 32 really well publicized guys and, yeah, and there's, got a few randoms. Yeah. And there's enough guys out there to reload it for next year. Like say, you know, you never know what's going to happen with TNA. So Mark Andrews may be out there. You never know if Marty Skrull's going to, you know, catch on with ROH. You have, I mean, you have guys out there to bring in, you know, from Japan, from Dragon Gate, from, you know, all sorts of the, you know, the smaller indies out there. I mean, they found so many diamonds in the rough here that most of us had never heard of. You know, it's like, and so, so I think, you know what, if they made this a yearly thing, it'd be great. I, I don't know. I don't know how having a full-time division is going to affect having a tournament year mm-hmm. after year. Yeah especially when you're trying to build up like, like you're going to take some of these guys like Swan and build them up on NXT. And, you know, I don't know if only Lorkin counts as a cruiserweight here, but you know, th- those types of guys. He was in a non-qualifying match, wasn't he? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I guess they are kind of slotting him in that division. So I guess that's his, his fate, unfortunately, or for, for better, or for worse with that. Yeah. I, I, I do wonder about another, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's just, it part of me feels like this is a one-time deal. Like I would of course do it again. Like I, I love this thing. It's everything that I love about pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's really kind of what I wanted to wrap up with on, on my sense. And I'll let you kind of give your final thoughts as well about it. But my, it was, this is everything that I want out of pro wrestling. What I got in this cruiserweight classic, this is every single thing that I look for and I love and I want. It's like, there wasn't bullshit. There wasn't interference. There wasn't yeah. like overtly evil heels just being dastardly or whatever. Like you had guys that sort of emerged as heels. Like, you know, you had, we mentioned uh, TJ Perkins sort of by virtue of eliminating guys that people liked kind of became a little bit of a heel in that, you know, in, in the smallest of sense where you had other guys as well that kind of, 
you know, Arya Divari because he faced a whole lot and was kind of a jerk about it. He yeah. kind of became a heel, but it wasn't like overt, like I am yeah. evil and I'm like, you know what I mean? Like it was just subtle stuff. Like these guys yeah. wanted to win. Like everybody's goal was to win. And that's why I like too, is like, it, there wasn't bullshit. The, the goal from everybody was I want to win or I, you know, that I want to win this tournament and prove that I'm the best. That's it. Nice and simple. And it was fast paced action and like a bunch of different characters. And the best part again, like, and you mentioned this at the top of the show, we both mentioned it is that everybody felt like a real person there weren't caricatures mm-hmm. out there nobody felt like you know everybody was rooted in reality and everybody's little promo was like hey tell us your life story because your story is interesting like almost everybody that's wrestling almost every wrestler you ever encounter has an interesting story of how they became a wrestler like almost to a man every single one of them has something that was interesting in their lives that said yes i want to be a wrestler like it, almost up and down this tournament you had those guys like the brian kendrick story again like that's that's just such a simple story to tell and people believe it because it's real. Like Ryan Kendrick is that man. Like you see it in his eyes. He's not a guy playing this character. Like he, he, you can see in his eyes. He's a man that, that had everything and, and blew it. And, you know, throughout this tournament, that's what I just loved about those promo videos. And I love that Morrow did a great job of it. Daniel Bryan did a great job of it. And they never shied away from that is like, these are real human beings that have real emotions and here's their life stories. And you can buy into these real stories or these life stories because they're real, because that's actually the guy's story. And that's modern wrestling to me. I think that's this thing that's so lost on WWE right now is that people don't want to root for superheroes and, and over the top guys. Like they want to root for guys that are, are humans, guys that they can relate to in real life. And you could relate to every single person in this tournament. Everybody in this tournament it had something that you can relate to, or at least one guy had something that you attached to. If you're somebody that, that, you know, going through a midlife crisis or whatever, Brian Kendrick's perfect for you. If you're, you know, a, a young and, and hungry or whatever, then you got this guy, you know what I mean? Like everybody had a relatable character in this and all it took was tell us your life story, tell us your life story and we're going to record it. And that's it. And that, that's, it's so simple and it's so lost on so much, so many wrestling promotions right now, but this is cruiser, everything that I wanted out of wrestling I found in this cruiserweight classic. Yeah, uh, to get to your other point back then, yeah, Gulak and Kendrick played heels at some point during this yeah, that's as true. well. Right, so right. you had that. Uh, I, I will kind of uh, piggyback on your point. This was straight-ahead sport for the most part, yep. which made it successful. And for all the attempts the main roster makes at trying to manipulate your emotions, this tournament, out of any product I've watched in the WWE, with the exception of you know, maybe the Sasha Bailey story in NXT really conveyed real emotion and real feelings. I mean, especially through Daniel Bryan's color commentary when he was watching Brian Kendrick. I mean, I don't, I don't need him to be, I didn't need him to be impartial because his passion of watching his friend go in this tournament was so great. You had, you had the emotion during the Cedric Alexander Kota Ibushi match without them really playing up all the emotion. It was just a great, great match, and it naturally built that way, and it won Cedric Alexander a job. The the emotion between TJ Perkins and Rich Swan in that match of two friends fighting each other. You know, the only thing that, that ever, I mean, I would take out the opening handshake. Let them earn the handshake, and they can shake after the match. Okay. That's the only thing I would take out of this. Other than that, this is almost everything I want in sport. I, I still love promos, but those video packages, as as uh, Les, Les Thatcher would say, the personality profile, so to speak, they worked so well, and it kills me that the main roster doesn't do this because they have such a great video editing department there, and they make such great videos. Mm-hmm. They could make 
those guys that are floundering on the main roster into stars just by telling stories that aren't in front of the live crowd that are pre-tapes because people will go for it. And I, I yeah. 100% agree with that. Yeah, that, that's such a lost thing that, that WWE, especially with three hours, is like instead of like the 800th, you know, random Dolph Ziggler match or you know what I mean like you can you can do that you can do those promo videos and I know the 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 fear is oh everyone's going to turn away when you see those but they're compelling videos so I don't know why like why people would turn away like I, I think like why don't you just try it because I think it's just such a good job of yeah. uh, of giving those characters because like you're saying you could do this for everybody on the main roster I think when the first night of this this Cruiserweight Classic and I saw those videos I said I I believe I tweeted this out I said you could make Every member of that roster in 60 seconds of the main roster of WWE SmackDown, whatever, or Raw SmackDown, whatever, whatever you want to do, in one minute, you can do more than they do on, on you know, months of TV. Mm-hmm. Sit the guy down, and he doesn't have to be a great promo. Just have him talk, and then edit it, and then you're good to go. You know what I mean? Like, that's it, – it's so easy, and it seems, like, so simple, especially with – like you said, that video team is awesome. And they can intersplice clips of that guy talking, and then it's over, and then you're ready to go. Like, it's so simple, and they just they, – they don't do it. That's just not how they tell their stories. And I, yeah. I know, and I'm not – you know, I'm not going to fight it because it's just not how Vince tells his stories, but – it, this proved again that it, it's just something that is such a, a, a money idea that they mm-hmm. just do not utilize well enough. And as you said, everything in this tournament was decided in the ring. It wasn't decided by office politics or, or cheap ways out or, you know, just, just mustache twirling evil, bad guys being evil. It, you, you can have bad guys who are bad because they're athletically, badasses and do that in the ring and tell that story as opposed to you know a guy tying up a girl on the train tracks and waiting for the train to come (laughs) which is what they do you know they they they, as i like to say wwe likes to play to the back of the room you know it's like every reaction is as big why ah, you know everything's so big you know you can tell it with television because it's getting in there on the emotions you can tell it with subtlety and and I just love that that this was decided in the ring and not decided by you know authority figures. And I was other gonna say there like, wasn't ah. there wasn't arguments about corporate hierarchy at all during this. You know what's my so, yeah it's you so didn't weird, ma- you yeah. didn't you didn't make my seating high enough and then, you know whatever <laughs> right. you know kind of crap. But so I mean it was straight ahead sport and it, it, yeah it was refreshing. That's the word I'd use for this tournament. It was refreshing compared to the rest of the product. All right, Jeff. Uh, final thoughts on Cruiserweight Classic before we get out of here. Those were my final thoughts. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 
save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save 